0: or told that person in high school how much you liked them. Each episode, I will talk to some amazing people from all walks of life and chat about their sliding doors moments. We will reflect on how a decision or moment changed the course of their lives and how things might have looked if they had never happened.
1: For full, important safety information, visit juviderm.com.
0: My guest today is Caroline Rush, CBE. For the past 11 years, Caroline has been the Chief Executive of the British Fashion Council, and in 2015, she was appointed in the New Year's Honours for her services to the British fashion industry. She started working in public relations and marketing in the early 90s, and went on to start her own agency, Crush Communications. They were appointed as the press office for the British Fashion Council, with Caroline as the public relations strategy advisor. In 2009, she became the chief executive of the British Fashion Council, and the rest is history. Since her appointment, she has focused on strengthening the BFC's network and platforms to connect businesses with global audiences, both trade and consumer. Caroline played a key role in attracting brands and designers such as Antonio Berardi, Burberry and Pringle back to London, putting us on the map as a globally recognised platform for creative fashion talent. She even managed to get the Queen to attend London Fashion Week. Under her leadership, the Fashion Awards has become the global awards for the fashion industry and has raised millions for the BFC's charitable projects. This year, they launched the Institute of Positive Fashion as an engine room for change to address how the industry can positively impact the environment, people and community. As well as her day job, Caroline sits on the UK's Creative Industry Trade Board and is also co-founder of LOCA, a platform and global community for brands and talent to connect and collaborate more easily and effectively. I'm so honoured she has found the time to chat with me today and cannot wait to delve into her Sliding Doors moments. Welcome to the podcast, Caroline. Thanks, Jen. Thanks for the intro. (laughs) It's a pleasure. Well, you've done a lot. Um, And thank you also because you are my very first guest on the Sliding Doors podcast.
2: Ah, oh gosh, it's going to set the tone then, isn't it? Yeah, no,
0: you're brilliant. And actually, so Caroline, I worked for Caroline for around four and a half years at the British Fashion Council. um, And I was thinking of some memories of things that we've been through, probably going through 200 versions of the British Fashion Awards seating plan, Um, (laughs) pipes bursting during Men's Fashion Week and sweeping water into grids. Caroline actually got down there and was there with her brush. Um, So we've been through a lot of different moments. What would you say um, a younger Caroline would have thought hearing that introduction of all the things that you've achieved? Uh, I
2: don't think I'd ever have thought it was possible. It's funny, isn't it, is that um, quite often do you think back to sort of your teenage years and the advice that you were given and uh, sort of maybe the life that you thought that you might have, and I'm not sure that even in uh, sort of my wildest dreams that I'd have understood, A, that there was a role like this, an yeah. organisation like the British Fashion Council. Um, you know, I have always wanted to work in the fashion industry, so I knew that uh, that would definitely be a, a place I'd find home at some point in time. Um, but yes, the adventures along the way is definitely something that should probably go in a book at some point.
0: Yeah. Oh, definitely. One day. <laughs> it's so inspiring. And you do so many different things as part of your job. What's your favorite um, hat that you wear? It's
2: funny is that it? um, every day is different in my job, and quite often every hour is different. So you'll go from a, a round table conversation with government to talking to potential sponsors, to talking to a young designer to connecting with a partner internationally, brainstorming, you know, what the next year, few years might look like. And um, I don't think there's any one hat that I prefer more because I just love the variety. Yeah, And I think that's what makes this role so special is the variety of it, but also the feeling that you can, you're in a position where you can make a difference. Um, and I think is that having been in this role now nearly eleven years, is yes. that as you build those networks and relationships and trust, is that you do feel that you can that you can do more. And I'm glad that I've got that I have that behind me as we went into 2020, because I think without those networks and uh, partnerships and understanding, is that it would have been a very different year for us.
0: Yeah, for sure. And what would you say? I mean, I'm sure there are so many. What What would you say is your career highlight? I may have already mentioned it.
2: I and mean, it's hard not to be getting the Queen to Fashion Week, isn't it?
0: <laughs> I mean, where'd you go from there?
2: <laughs> exactly. Is that? I think that was the first question that I got asked afterwards. Was who's coming next year? Uh, I really don't think that you could top that moment. It was an absolute privilege. But on a day-to-day basis, is that just seeing the creativity um, and resilience of a designer businesses is incredibly rewarding. And uh, the challenge being is that we have. Uh, a large cohort of SMEs within the UK. And so really figuring out is what are the interventions that help um, the majority and not just a few. So, um, but there's lots of opportunities, I think, ahead. You know, I'm a glass half full person. So even though it's been a challenging year, whether both with COVID, as we think about coming out of the EU, of course, is that we're prepared as best we can. Who knows by the time this airs, is that we'll know what position we're in. Uh, but but I do think out of it will come opportunity. And I think this year particularly is that we've had an opportunity, as an organisation, but also businesses, to reflect um, the kind of business that they want to be, the impact that they're having uh, in terms of environment, but also the impact that they're having on the local community. I think Mm -hmm. at this moment in time where... There have been real challenges in terms of community, you know, is that the fashion industry has stepped up with humanitarian aid, with creating, you know, pivoting their businesses, using uh, their quite exhausted resources uh, yeah. to create PPE to help out when it was very much needed by the NHS and carers. Um, and also really stepping up to think about how we can play a role in influencing society to break down the systemic um, racism and barriers that come with that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been a time where we've all been able to see kind of how far we can push ourselves as humans to kind of create great things and adapt in situations. Um, So I wanted to just talk, so I know that you also have a love of the film Sliding Doors, as do I. Um, And I definitely think for me, it's just that whole idea of, you know, one moment can lead to so many different paths. Um, And, you know, as well as Gwyneth Paltrow's brilliant English accent. um, I wanted to ask you, what what is it that you love about the film? So
2: I do do love uh, that sort of what if moment. And... Uh, I don't think that's reflective of ever regretting decisions or thinking that I should have taken another path, because I do believe you make a decision, you commit to it, you make, you know, the most out of it. And if you're committed to it's a great thing to come. But there's always those moments, isn't there, is that, you know, what would have happened if... um, But I also, as you well know, have quite a hysterical uh, story about my lovely daughter um, (laughs) who watched the film, which every time, even when I see it advertised, makes me smile. Uh, She learned a certain swear word uh, when she was quite uh, a lot younger from watching Sliding Doors with me, not realising quite that it was in there. And it came out in a very inappropriate (laughs) moment because any mum will tell you is that when your kids learn swear words, they always come out at the most inappropriate moments. Oh, gosh. And um, yes, I think it's if everyone around thought that the language I was using at home was
0: a <laughs> language that she'd learned from sliding doors. Oh, I love that. Um, and actually, you're part of one of my sliding doors moments, which you may not know. But when I, so I saw, I always wanted to work for the British Fashion Council. I saw the advert online got an interview, and just before I was about to leave the house, I was like, oh, I'm going to take my dissertation with me, you know, just in case. Went to the interview and... Um, it was with Jenico who was my boss um, at the time and just at the end of the interview i was like oh i've brought my dissertation with me do you want to have a look and i'd done a project on a high street fashion week and done a sponsorship section which is what the role was for and he just suddenly took it and just went out of the room and then i was like okay don't know what's going on here came back and was like oh i just had to show that to our ceo um thanks so much for bringing it and a couple of weeks later after being told it was between me and someone else i ended up getting the job and you know, it really is something that stuck in my mind, because for all the people that applied for that role, I think that was something that made me stand out. And when I really think about it, I'm like, all that hard work to that one little moment, um, I think really, really helped me get somewhere. So um, yeah, I just wanted to, to make that note, because I've always remembered it. Ah, Well,
2: I mean, it's great advice for interviews, isn't it? Yeah. You know, anything that you've got, Uh, within your armory of resources to take to that interview, is take it. And I think particularly at this moment in time is that you hear all of these stories of roles that are advertised and hundreds of people applying for it, when in the past it might even have been 10, 20 um, CVs that were received, is that the competition is going to be fierce, particularly over the next years. And, you know, if you've got a dissertation or just sort of experience of volunteering or whatever you've done is that, you know, make sure it's on the CV, make sure you talk about it. Um, and make sure that you're memorable in a good
0: way <laughs> yeah totally um and you've actually given me your slagging moments before this which we'll talk to talk about in a moment um i wanted to understand you kind of mentioned it briefly already what are your thoughts around kind of fate and the concept that everything happens for a reason um i guess you know there's the whole concept of luck and chance and hard work like what what do you think is is kind of the most relevant to you in your life
2: I think there is an element that you have to um, you have to go with the circumstances around you. And that's kind of fate, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, um, is you can't uh, put yourself in a situation that you're not in. Um, and I do believe is that the harder you work, the luckier you get. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> you know, so that true. Very few people are lucky without or, you know, would call themselves lucky without having worked very hard. Um, or have been very focused on the situation to make it happen. And I think is that uh, that sort of the concept of luck is that it feels quite British. say so I was so lucky that
0: that happened. To yeah. me.
2: When actually behind it, there's probably hours of hard work, mm-hmm. research, you know, proper graph that's gone in to make that moment happen. Um, uh, but I think that's kind of quite a British thing is that we don't necessarily champion is that all of the hard work and determination um, and a very happy to put some of it
0: down for luck. Yeah and it's definitely a collaboration of a few things as you say it can never really be one. Um, So let's go into your moments so thank you for being so open and honest I'm really excited to chat about them. So your first one is um, that you dropped out of university which I feel like a lot of people might be quite surprised to hear. Um, You said if you'd stayed you might have continued to do as you said work in fashion Um, so what did you study at university and where did you go?
2: So um, I did my A-levels, I went to the foundation year um, in Manchester um, and I absolutely loved it. Is that If anyone ever has um, an opportunity to go on a foundation year, it is a brilliant way to really just explore all levels of creativity mm-hmm. and really decide where you're going to go. And I think when I started at Manchester, I thought that I wanted to be a fashion designer, but I absolutely love uh, textile design. Um, you know, I love sculpture, fine art, wasn't quite as good this as uh, everyone else around you. So you were also kind of like, okay, if I want to make a career of it, those guys are really good. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's where I thought I was going to go. And I ended up um, uh, essentially being offered a modelling contract in Tokyo. Um, not that wow. I particularly wanted to go and, um, and pursue modelling as a career because it was something I think for a bit of extra cash. Yeah. Uh, that my hairdresser put me forward for uh, <laughs> and having a lot of fun um, and then I had got uh, given this opportunity and I thought you know this is just something that is too good to pass by when you know when's a girl from Chorley yeah. <laughs> ever going to have the opportunity to go to Tokyo to live there for three months to be able to work there to really be immersed in the culture you know is that even if I wanted to go on holiday you'd never get that Experience. So I went and had a chat to, of course, leaders and they basically said, if you go, you can't, you know, you can't pick up where you left off. And uh, being a, a rather hot headed teenager, I kind yeah. of went, well, <laughs> I'm <time laughs> off uh, much to my mum's uh, dismay, I think, yeah. at the time. Um, but, you know, it's a, it's those decisions and I'm, I certainly would recommend it for everybody. I was uh, very fortunate that I had that experience. Um, and uh, to be honest, is that when I came back and I went into kind of the workplace and office space and I had to then figure out, you know, was I going to go back to university? I thought about it. I got fell into sort of marketing, which I loved and found that I was good at, and um, and I had to fight all the way along, probably through my twenties, against people that had um, had degrees, mm-hmm. and you know, so you had to really sort of push yourself further for promotion for everything uh, because you were competing against people that had, um, had the degrees in their pocket, uh, yeah. which, of course. And it's something that everybody puts the criteria is that you should be a graduate um and I always used to argue well I got the place at university I just never just didn't go and it's so true because you're right
0: like it is the pressure and I definitely think um I mean even in my day like Mm. the pressure from your parents was you need to be in a job for at least five years and you need to have a degree Mm. and follow certain paths so you know especially from your parents it's the pressure but also externally and I mean did you did you follow your gut with the decision to leave or did you ever have kind of that whole I don't know what to do
2: No, it was something that I absolutely, I'd been given this opportunity. There was no way I was letting it go. And and I always thought, well, I thought, you know, even if I come back and I've got to start the whole year again, is it it will be an incredible experience and i would be willing to do that. By the time I came back, actually, I got a bit of traction. And so I was doing, you know, making a little bit of money out of it. And um, and that sort of set me on the path for thinking about other roles and maybe not going back to university and figuring out a different way. Um, but I do think is it had I stayed, had I not had that, I guess, hunger for travel and cultural experiences, if I didn't have that and I'd stayed, you know, I really don't know how I'd have figured out how I'd have got to where I am now. I yeah. think I'd have gone into, um, a design role. I'm sure I would have been extremely happy there. You know, I absolutely mm-hmm. love creativity and I love creating and I'm sure that, you know, you know how competitive I am is that I'm sure is that I'd have found ways to be competitive in that there and um but it would have been a very different world and so it would have been a different of course.
0: life totally and i'm guessing the experience was totally worth it
2: oh my gosh yes and i have you know i'm so fond of um japanese culture because of it uh, a huge amount of respect for it um and that you know it shows my age but when i first came back and i came to london um, you know it's that there weren't city bars you had to go to the trocadero you know to to find a sushi place and um, you know I came back hunting them down because I was in Tokyo and they were literally on every street corner and I came back absolutely adoring sushi and not being able to get it anywhere it was a nightmare. (laughs) Um, I mean
0: Manchester's only just got sushi places now it's taken a long time for it to come around it must have been (laughs) really hard. Um, Oh no I love that so much and again as you say it's it's not the right path for everyone but it's the point of follow your instincts and actually things will work out the way that going on to your next moment so this is more of a personal moment for you so this is um kind of a holiday romance that went wrong so when you met um Matt so do you want to explain a little bit more about why this was a bit of a sliding doors moment for you?
2: Yes it was so um I say that it went wrong because holiday romances are obviously only supposed to sort of last for the holiday aren't they and uh we ended up um you know living together, having a daughter, getting married, uh, suddenly we're at the end of the cycle of that and we are in the process of getting divorced. But again, is there absolutely no regrets from that because um, is because of us staying in touch is that my life was very different. Had I not um, continued to see Matt, who that I was living in Manchester, he was living in London, you know, I probably wouldn't have ended up uh, knowing London in the way that I did. I wouldn't mm-hmm. have been gone to the nightclubs that I did. I wouldn't have uh, been as immersed in the club culture in London in the way that I did, but I also was doing that in Manchester, so I had sort of these two very different, um, uh, perspectives of what these cities were going through in the 90s which were incredible they were so vibrant the music yeah. scenes were quite different so different uh, the fashion actually was quite different so even though the designer stores were uh, stocking the same uh, kind of product is that just the way it was put together felt very different so I'd you know i go to London i come back wearing you know mini skirts and biker boots and The girls in Manchester would be like, oh, you know, did you not get dressed up to come out? Yeah. Um, uh, So, um, so I absolutely adored that, and of course, is that have um, a really beautiful daughter that I'm Mm -hmm. so proud of. Um, But it is—it's a whole experience thing. Is that had that not happened? You know, is that a quite a funny story anyway? So we met on holiday um, in a bar one night. We arranged to meet the next day to go to the beach he overslept, didn't turn up, so that nearly didn't happen, that was nearly the first bit of the sliding doors moment, oh, wow. I was a bit like, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, he sort of chased me, basically chased me down uh, that evening to apologise, uh, which obviously I accepted the apology eventually after a lot of hard work, and um, and I think probably because of that is that we ended up having more of a connection than maybe would have done if we'd have yeah. just kind of hung out on the beach, um, and so there was more of a story to it, and actually we've, you know, many of uh, his friends that were on that holiday have become really good friends of mine. Mm. And, um, and yeah, it's, it just put my life in a different direction. I mean, I, I used to come to London quite a lot as a teenager anyway. So I think I probably would have ended up in London. I absolutely adored it as a city and everything mm. it had to offer. But I probably wouldn't have ended up with the same circle of friends. And it's amazing sort of the influence and just sort of the conversations that you have with your friendship group that actually influence the roles that you take, the yeah. sort of the drive that you have, um, uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, is that it was it's a really good sliding door moment.
0: Yeah, and you know the people that are surrounded, you're surrounded by professionally and personally, are the people that shape you and change things. When did you actually move to London? Then.
2: Oh my gosh! Uh, so I think it was when I came back from uh, Tokyo. So we met. so can you believe this. I met uh, met Matt when I was eighteen. Uh-huh. And um, and then uh, went off to Tokyo and came back. And uh, I remember moving to London, probably not that long after I got back, really. Uh, and his, one of his really good friends, mum, got me a job uh, with, you remember the fragrance, Giorgio Beverly Hills, with the yeah. yellow and white stripes? Uh-huh. Uh, got me a job with them. And I got a second job working at the WAG in the nightclub. And uh, that led me to get a job in the music industry. Um, and so there was this kind of all of these sort of mm. stepping stones that happen along the way that, um, that shape, as you said, shape who you are. And I think relationships probably are the biggest kind of sliding door moment mm. people think about, aren't they? Um, and and I'm really pleased that, uh, that that was the one for me.
0: Yeah, definitely. And and I don't think it's sometimes until we actually can reflect on things that we realise how, as you say, all the stepping stones matched up and how one thing led to that. And that's what I love. That's why I love kind of films that do explore those type of things, because it makes you think about your own life.
2: Yeah. And I think also is that probably as you get older, you're more conscious of the decisions you make Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
2: and you probably... I mean, maybe that's just me but um but certainly experience allows you to have a bit more perspective and take a bit more time and stop being so rash in the way that I was when I dropped out of university because someone told me I couldn't come back and finish my you know after I gone yeah. off and had an adventure which was completely reasonable by the way there is no reason why they should have <laughs> done that um and um but I think is that Uh, as you start to kind of take time to reflect on those moments you probably think more about well what happens if I go down this route or you know what might happen if I go there because you've got experience of of the great things that have happened or you know sometimes maybe they're not so great things that have happened along the way.
0: Yeah and and as you say like experience can be good it can be bad but it all leads somewhere and it's the way that we portray it and see it and you know sometimes when we do go through bad things it's not only until a bit later that we can reflect on the reason why it happened and see it as a good thing kind of like you know everything happens for a reason it's not often very easy to think in the moment but sometimes hopefully we can reflect back and believe that that was the path we were meant to take.
2: I completely agree and I think is that sometimes adversity shapes you more than of the good times. Mm -hmm. Uh, The good times is about enjoying life and enjoying the moment. But actually when you're really having a challenging time is you really start to shape the person that you are. Um, And there are a few, I mean, I think quite a lot of people have found this year really difficult. You know, 2020 has been really challenging for people. Um, and there's quite a few conversations I've had with friends who are like, Listen, I'm not I'm up for being challenged, but surely no one can do <laughs> this. This is too much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, is that can you imagine the person that is because that we all have these conversations, you know, is oh, it's really tough, but just imagine, you know, you're gonna get through this, you'll be stronger, you'll you're like, I'm gonna be amazing if I get through all yeah, of this. Yeah, <laughs> I know.
0: We'll all be like thriving <laughs> through life. Yeah, there
2: must be the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow if we survive this, surely. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um and that kind of leads us on a bit to your last Sliding Doors moment. So you were approached um, about a job in Hong Kong, but you didn't think the timing was right um, and you felt you still had more to do in the job you did now. So this is like probably a really hard decision and kind of something I'm interested to chat to you about. So how did this opportunity come about to you?
2: Uh, I was approached by headhunters. You know, it happens. Um and uh, we had been starting to go to Hong Kong with British Fashion Council, is that I absolutely adored Hong Kong as a place to go. Uh, and, um, and I think it was very much the beginning of seeing sort of the opportunity for our businesses is that Hong Kong was already an established market for many of our designers, but mainland China definitely wasn't at that moment in time. And, um, and so to be approached for a job uh, in Hong Kong, Uh, in fashion that really could have helped open up the market for designer businesses was a real moment of, you know, A, it would have been a lot of fun, I Mm -hmm. think, uh, to have done that. Um, It would have been a real experience. But I think is that that maybe it was that kind of moment of sort of throwing in the towel and running off to Japan that made me think twice, is that actually if I were to stay and, and really sort of, I guess is that, When was it? Five, six years ago, is that we were really starting to get the traction at the British Fashion Council. You know, is our international reputation was definitely growing. There was so much more that we had um, in terms of, you know, is it the Fashion Awards and the the reboot of that came after that moment in time. Uh, You know, sort of some of the partnerships, some of the programs we put in place all of you know there's so much that has happened past that and let's be honest is that i would not have got the queen's fashion week if i hadn't oh. been around at that moment so i have absolutely no regrets but i, I do sometimes just imagine what a life would have been if i just moved out to hong kong and um and had a very different experience you know so yeah. um it's that sometimes it's that it's nice to explore these things but i think you also have to really think about the life that you want the opportunity and in the role that I'm in, is that I do, I do feel a sense of responsibility, um, and I would have felt, although I could probably have justified it to myself that I was providing opportunities for British designers by going to a job, you know, like that. Um, is uh, I did have feel a sense of responsibility to stay to make sure that, um, so that guardianship of supporting our brilliant mm-hmm. emerging talent was put in place. And, um, and, yeah, the last five years have been really good. Five years, this year, more challenging. Yeah, uh, just But a you know bit. what's still great from reflecting how incredible our young designer businesses are mm-hmm. and how resilient they are and how many of them are leading the way in terms of sustainability, the kind of businesses that everybody should be thinking about being for the future, we're seeing coming through our young designers that are graduating from our universities. And uh, there's a huge amount of
0: pride in that. So, yeah, no regrets. No regrets. And it's good not to have regrets. And it's actually really interesting because you said before that as you have more experience and you get older, kind of the way you make decisions changes. And this is actually like, you know, you were given an opportunity a little bit like um, the first one where you could have like run away and travelled and had an experience. And as you said, you factored in so many more things. I'm sure you were thinking about, you know, your daughter, your job and the decision you made was probably a lot considered in a much different way how you when you did make that decision do, do you kind of like is there a how do you decide what to do? do you just follow your gut do you chat to your friends do you write a pros and cons list uh, so
2: yes to pros and cons list uh yes to talking uh, to friends um but I think is that you have to sort of trust trust your gut and there was something you know I was very I was very torn because of the my love of travel and yeah. experiencing new cultures, and I think that, to me, was the real draw. Um, but as you said, is that you, you know, it's something that you could, you know, you can just do at a different time in life. You know, is that maybe when I do finally retire, I can go off and do that at another time. And um, and yeah, it was a much more considered decision. Yeah. But yes I think is that you know you have to you have to trust your own instinct on things um and actually is it trusting my instincts and in, you know running off japan is that uh, didn't work out too badly for me and <laughs> um and i think yeah is it the same in this one but it was definitely more considered is it, it wasn't a hell yeah or is it, i'm off you know is it let's go it was oh, this is an incredible opportunity but um probably not something i'm going to pursue
0: Well I'm definitely hoping that when you retire I see you backpacking around the world exploring all these places Um, and I think that you know with the decisions that we make it's just it's again it's it's leading us to a way that we're we don't know at the time and I guess when you decided to stay on at the British Fashion Council did you feel like you were almost kind of giving yourself a new opportunity kind of like you've made that decision so now I'm like going to give my all here if I'm going to make the commitment to say no to something that means I've got yeah. to give everything I've got to where I still am
2: well I think you know Jen is I give my all anyway you so always do a, yeah it was never it was never a case of and I think that's the thing is that quite often is that people in roles get approached by headhunters and you're never at a point you No. Know, well I'm sure some people are but I certainly wasn't at a point in time where I was like oh you know this is you know do I still want to be here is I love every day. You know, I get up in the morning, I swing my legs out of bed. Mm -hmm. Is that I never get to the point where I'm like, oh God, is that even when the most challenging day comes, I'm like, okay, right, bring it on. Let's get it. Um, And, um, but I think probably by committing to stay is that it just makes you, um, yeah, maybe makes you a bit more determined Mm -hmm. um, about the, well, I don't know whether it does make more self quite determined anyway. Um, but um, but yeah, it gives you the confidence that this is the right thing. Yeah, you know, is it, you're trusting your instinct, you're doing the right thing. Is that um, and just get on with
0: it. Definitely, and this is why I think you're the only person that could do the job that you do because you are so determined and so brilliant and such an inspiration because as you say, there's constant change and there's constant need. And I mean, literally, I don't know if many people know, but I mean, during fashion week, I mean, you're literally like on the go in heels for like 14 <laughs> days straight and you have to keep the face on and keep happy and you're amazing at what you do. So um, yeah, I think your determination's definitely always there. Um, and yeah, I'm very glad that you stayed and didn't go to Hong Kong. But again, as I said, very excited to see where you travel the day that you do decide to... Uh,
2: I know. Can you imagine? Is that that's it? Is that, uh, yeah, I think there'll be lots of travel plans to be had. Um, and, you know, is that we're, we're very fortunate, is that I get to travel with work, or in a normal year, I'd get to travel with work. So I spent quite a lot of time in China. Um, is that really the partnerships that we've developed in Shanghai um, and in Beijing have been brilliant? And, um, and so is that by saying no doesn't mean it's a closed door forever, does it?
0: Of course not. And that's what I think that's a really good point for people to take away is, is that when you say no to an opportunity, it doesn't mean you're saying no forever. It's just no for right now. Exactly. Um, exactly. Oh, thank you, Karen. It's been so lovely to not it's only so nice chat to, to you, see but see you as well. I know it's so lovely. Um, and thank you so much, as I said, for being so open and giving such brilliant sliding doors moments. And um, yeah, hopefully I will get to chat to you again very soon. Of
2: course. Well, thanks. And you make it very easy. It feels <laughs> like we're back in my office having chats again. <laughs> I know.
0: I miss them. Oh, well, thank you, Caroline. No worries. It's a great to see you. Best of luck. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sliding Doors. If you've enjoyed our chat and found it inspiring, I would love it if you could rate, review, share and subscribe. Thank you so much.